All right, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. If you'd like to stand, you sure can. It won't be very long. Uh, We're just going to read one verse here, okay? Here's what Paul says. He says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for uh, being a God who receives us uh, so generously. God, thank you that we can come to you again and again. Thank you that Jesus, through his blood, through his righteousness, has made a way for us to enter your throne room and to ask you of our, of our needs, our desires, our wants. God, thank you that, that you're that kind of God. Father, I'm blown away at your mercy. I'm blown away at your kindness that you would receive us like this in prayer. And so, Father, please teach us to pray. God, show us how to pray. Show us how to pray without ceasing. Father, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. All right, so there's lots of things that we could have talked about today. Uh, pray without ceasing. I, I counted uh, this morning. I just, just quickly went through my library and pulled nine books off my shelf uh, in my little library that the entire book is about prayer. Not like a chapter, but the whole book. So I've got nine books in my library that are about prayer. So there's a lot that could be said about prayer. But what I want to focus on here this morning is what does it mean to pray without ceasing? Um, Fred came to our 7 a.m. prayer meeting uh, over here in the other building this morning. By the way, any of you are welcome uh, to come to that. We just meet at 7 and pray, pray for the services. But after I got done, we were walking down the hall. Fred was giving me a mint, and he said, what are you preaching on, Pastor? And I said, you're going to love it, Fred. And it's pray without ceasing. And he's like, all right. He said something like that. He's like, all right, prayer. And then he said, what's that mean, pray without ceasing? And I said, well, that's what the sermon's going to be about. And he said, yeah, but what does it mean? And I said, well, that's what I'm going to talk about. And he said, but what does it mean? And I said, well, Fred, you're going to have to wait until the sermon, all right? So So what does it mean to pray without ceasing? Now, I think some of you might be thinking that Paul was just exaggerating. Have you ever ever been really hungry and you said something like, man, I could eat an elephant, right? Now, did you really mean that you want someone to kill an elephant, carve them up, and you're going to sit down and eat the whole thing? You did not mean that, right? You just mean you're really hungry. And so some of you might be thinking, well, maybe Paul, he's just saying, hey, pray a bunch, you know, pray a lot, pray more, you know? Maybe that's what he's saying. I don't think that's what he's saying. Now, the reason I do not think that's what he's saying is because he's said this very thing over and over and over again in a bunch of different ways in the New Testament, in his writings, the writings that we have of his, okay? Let me give you some examples. Romans 1, 9 and 10. He says, without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. 1 Corinthians 1, 4. He says, I give thanks to my God always for you. Ephesians 1, 16. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Ephesians 6, 18. Praying at all times in the spirit. Colossians 1, 9. We have not ceased to pray for you. Colossians 4, 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Colossians 4, 12. Always struggling on your behalf in his prayers. 1 Thessalonians 1, 2. Constantly making mention of you in our prayers. 1 Thessalonians 2, 13. We also thank God constantly for this. 1 Thessalonians 3, 10. As we pray most earnestly, night and day. First, uh, for 2 Thessalonians 1.11, we always pray for you. 2 Timothy 1.3, I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day. Romans 12.12, be constant in prayer. And I think he's serious, don't you? Like, like he, he really means that. Like, like Paul is really saying, I want you to pray at all times. I want you to pray night and day. I want you to pray constantly. I want you to pray without ceasing. So your question to me has got to be, how are we going to do that? Like, does he, does, he, does he want us to right now get down on our knees, you know, and fold our hands and close our eyes and get our prayer list in front of us that we can look at 
and we just, we do this until we starve to death, you know? Like, we just stay here. None of us leave the room. We just pray without ceasing. We stay here on our knees. Is that, is that what he wants us to do? Obviously, that's not what he wants us to do, right? As you look through the rest of your New Testament, you see him saying things like, you need to work hard. You need to get a job. You need to get married. You need to have kids. You need to, you know, uh, love your wife as Christ loved the church. You need to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. You need, right? you need to do a bunch of other stuff, okay? So he doesn't mean that. So what exactly does he mean? Well, without ceasing... It means constantly, repeatedly, over and over again. It means refusing to stop. It means that you basically stay in this repetitive pattern of doing something. Asher learned to whistle this week. Uh, actually, I don't know if he learned to whistle, but he lost both front teeth and he lost one bottom tooth, and he's whistling, okay? So uh, we'll see if when his teeth come in, if he can still do it, then he learned to whistle. If he can, it's just... It's, that's the airway right now, okay? But anyway, man, there were two days where we had whistling without ceasing, okay? Like, like we really did. Like, and what do I mean by that? I mean, like literally, he's coming down the stairs. He's whistling, you know? He, I remember this, this very conversation. Emma said, stop whistling and eat your breakfast. You know, she had to tell him that, you know? Like he's, he's out riding his bike. He's out, you know, in, in the backyard, and he's just, he's whistling. There were two days there where he whistled just continually, okay? And I'm not saying that he did nothing else. I'm not saying that, you know, there never was a time where he wasn't whistling, but I'm saying he was continually whistling. In fact, there was one time I remember we, I gathered the family in the kitchen and had made a great supper. And I said, okay, guys, let's pray. I go down, bow my head. We bow my head. I hear, I said, stop whistling. That's constantly, right? That's repetitively, right? That's without ceasing. Okay. You know what Jesus said often in the Bible about prayer? He said, when you get a hold of something in prayer, do not give up, okay? When there's something that God wants for you, when you've opened up the Bible and you said, okay, God wants this in my life, then you keep asking for that. You be relentless for that. I love in Luke 11, he tells this beautiful story of this uh, persistent neighbor, okay? And the story goes like this. There's a guy who's asleep and he's got his kids in bed and everything's shut down. It's all dark. He's in bed and his neighbor gets a visitor. His neighbor gets a visitor and, and he didn't have anything to eat and the stores are all closed. So his neighbor comes across the street and he knocks on the door and he says, hey, 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 buddy, wake up, friend. I got, I got company. I don't have anything. I need to borrow some stuff. The guy's like, we just spent two hours getting our kids asleep. You know, go away. I'm not opening the door, right? I'm done. I'm not opening the door for you. And, and, and what, was it, what does Jesus say? He says, the guy won't open the door because he's his friend. You know when he will open the door? So that guy starts going. About 20 minutes of that. That dude's getting out of bed, isn't he, right? He may be getting out of bed with a gun, but he's getting out of bed, right? He's going to open that door, right? Because of, And then, I love it. God invites you. Can you imagine this? God invites you. He says, pray that way. When, when you know there's these things God wants you to have, holiness and righteousness and purity and joy and love for you, you, you don't stop. You, okay, and so, so obviously when, when Jesus says, pray without ceasing, He's talking about those things. But I think he's talking about more, guys. I believe there is more to this than just that, okay? I believe that it's possible to to have a continual conversation with God in which you are always communing with him. I think that's possible for a believer. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit being put inside of us, crying out, groaning to God. It talks about, about uh, in, in Galatians 4, 9, it talks about that God has put his spirit in us who is, who is constantly crying out, Abba, Father. 
Okay, so I believe that part of what Paul is saying is the things I've just said, but another part of what Paul is saying is that you ought to have a continual conversation with God, all right? In other words, you ought never hang up on God. There ought never be a time where you're like, okay, I'm done talking to God. I'm going to put him away. We're going to shut the door, and I'm going to be doing this other thing, and I'm not going to regard God. I'm not going to think about God. I'm not going to console God. I'm over here. When I want him, I'll go into the other room, open up the door, and call on him. That's not the way you're to pray. You're to stay in his presence. We first started uh, FaceTiming my daughter Addie when she moved to Taiwan. Um, Asher thought that that basically he could just have his sister in his pocket all the time. So, so like we would, we would all talk and then it'd be his turn to talk. We'd give him the phone and he would literally take his, he would take Addie somewhere else. Like, like he would just take her with him. He had him, he had her in a basket one time that he was carrying around. He had, you know, every once in a while he'd check in, you know, look at this, look at my new toy, look at, and he put her away. And, and like, like Addie was such a great sport. She didn't hang up, you know, but, but he just, that like, it was just like, okay, I'm, you're here. I can talk to you and I'm taking you with me all day long. Right. Okay. You should be able to do that with God. And in fact, you do do that in many ways. You might say, Pastor, that's great if you're a pastor and you got nothing else to do all the time. But like, I'm an accountant. I'm a I'm a uh, computer engineer. I'm a I'm a rig hand, and I, I got work to do. I got I got things I got to be doing. Your brain's pretty fascinating. Did you know that you're able to do a couple things at the same time with your brain? You, you know, you guys already do this really well. You know where you do it really well when you're angry. Okay, so whenever someone hurts you and you're angry and you want revenge, you're bitter about it, have you ever realized that you can go through your day and you can talk to people, you can have conversations, you can rock a baby to sleep, you can watch TV, you can go to the store, you can uh, check out a, a, a customer, um, you, can, you can do bills, you can do your checkbook, and all the while, what's happening in the background? You're angry, right? You're seething. You're thinking about what they said. You're, 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 you're hoping that they get their due, right? Your mind is able to do that. If your mind's able to do that, it's absolutely able to do this other thing, which is to pray without ceasing. Whitney put this interesting thing on Facebook. Um, I don't know. It's been quite a while ago, a year or so ago, I think. But, but it's, about, it's about how the brain works. And, and so in general, most people have an internal dialogue going on in their head, okay? That's true of me. I, I'm one of those people. I think that's, that's the general uh, population. So in other words, when I'm not talking, I, I'm still thinking, right? And, and I'm thinking about things and like I'm, I'm forming sentences and I'm, 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 you know, I've got things going on in my head. I'm saying things in my, even though it's not coming out of my mouth, it's going on in my brain. There's this internal dialogue that is going on. Now, I know that's not true for everybody. Every, you know, everybody thinks a little differently. I think Whitney said sometimes she has pictures. Sometimes she has, you know, even though we'll see words. Um, I think the most interesting person is my wife um, for a lot of different ways. My wife does not fit in any category. She's the most interesting woman in the world, okay? Um, I, I knew this when I first got married to her. Um, I, I remember this happening. We were in Bolivar, Missouri, and uh, we were going to Sunday school, and we were supposed to read a book. You ever do that? You read a book, and when do you do it? You wait till Saturday night, right? And we were already in bed, and we were like, man, we're supposed to read this chapter for Sunday school in the morning. And so we laid down. Um, she was already in bed, and she had the chapter, and I said, well, let's just read it together. I didn't mean read it out loud. I meant, like, we'll read it at the same time. We only had one book. And so she was holding the book up, and I kind of snuggled up to her, and, and we, we started reading the chapter, and she turns the page. And I said, whoa, 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 you know, let, uh, we need to, let's go ahead and read it, honey. And she's like, I did. 
Uh, he said, you're not ready? And I was like, I'm on the second sentence. You know, I mean, literally, like, like I, I'd read like 20 words, you know? And I said, I said, you didn't read both those pages. She said, yes, I did. I said, no, you didn't. She said, yes, I did. I said, no. I said give me that book, you know? Five minutes later, I read both those pages, you know? And I said, okay, what does it say? She told me what it said. And I said, who are you? You know, like, where did you come from? What spaceship dropped you off, you know? I mean, literally, like, like she, her mind, she just, she can read that fast. Like, like, I'm going down the page, like, for the, you know, like, I'm doing that dude, right? And she's like, just somehow she just looks at it, like, and she, and she reads it, you know? I mean, it, her mind works differently. But the, the bad thing about that is she says, anyway, and no one would know this but her, but she swears she does not have an internal dialogue. Like, she doesn't. She's not thinking those things. She doesn't, she doesn't operate that way. And if you've ever talked to her, I think you can kind of see it, right? Because you never know what's coming out. Yeah, like, like, like whatever, it hits her mind, it's just coming out. So I guess what I'm saying is I understand and I affirm everybody's different. I understand that. But what I'm also saying is it is absolutely possible to pray without ceasing. You may have to work a little harder if your brain works a different way. But let, let me tell you, for me, it, it's, it's a simple thing. Just It's a conversation with God. I love Sweet Home Alabama. Isn't that a great song? <laughs> Sweet Home Alabama. You were listening to me and you were singing that song. That's, that's proof of what Whitney's uh, deal said on, on Facebook, right? Like, like our brains can work that way. We can work that way. Let, let me tell you what happened already. I, so I've just kind of been conscious of this today. I'm in the 830 service. We're singing It Is Well With My Soul. And um, there's this beautiful verse. Uh, uh, my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross. I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. for my. While we're singing that, I'm singing it a person's face comes into my mind, a person that was in the audience. I know their name. I do not know them well. I don't know anything about their family. I don't know anything about their life situation. I don't know anything about them. But distinctly, their face comes into my mind. And immediately, I just prayed a simple prayer. I said, God, help them understand this truth. I just felt that in my, I I don't know. Like, it wasn't a thing where I thought it all through and I got down on my knee. No, no, no. We're singing, my sin, oh, the bliss of the glory. You know, we're singing that, and this person's face comes into my mind, and I just, just, just like that, I just said, God, please, help them, to, help them to understand this, okay? We're over at the Candace campus, and again, we're singing. I don't remember what song, oh, it's, uh, I think it was Before the Throne of God, and we get to the end of the verse, and, and at the last, like, like Bobby sang a verse, and then Avery sang a verse, and Michelle sang a verse, and then the last verse, they all sang, and so it's kind of this, you know, kind of ramping up, and that really gets me going, you know, I love, I love to sing, and, and, and just right then, I'm looking across, and, and, and I just prayed, I was like, God, Please give them joy in this. Give them joy. You know, but, I, but I'm singing as I'm praying. Does that make sense? Pray without ceasing. So in other words, it's possible for you to have this internal dialogue with God that really never shuts down. Like you go to bed and you're just thinking, God, I pray for my daughter and I pray for my son. and God, I... I pray that you'd keep us from sin. I pray that you provide, right? And you wake up in the morning and you're like, God, thank you for a new day. Oh, man, my joints hurt. God, what up? Help. Oh, now I got to do this. Oh, I'm going to converse with this person. Yeah. But you're, you're constantly, continually in prayer. I, I love that there's no limits to prayer. Isn't that beautiful? There is no limit to what God can supply, to what you can ask for, and how much you can give, how many times you can come back for more, how many times you can ask for something again and again. That's not true in other relationships. 
Parents, Angela, have you said to your kids this week, don't ask me again? Man, I said that. I said that probably three times yesterday. Fireworks and fishing. I can tell you what I said it again. I mean, it was just from the moment we got up. Are we doing fireworks? Are we doing fireworks? Are we going? Are we going to fish? Fireworks, fishing, fireworks, fishing, and finally, don't ask me again. We we will not do it if you ask me again. Do not ask me again. How different is God? What did, what did God just say here? Ask me again, son. Ask me. Ask me for more. Isn't that beautiful that that's the God that we serve who, who says, you, you can come. The, the only warning we have is that you make sure it's a real conversation, okay? Matthew, 5, Matthew 6, 7, Jesus warns us. He says, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases like the Gentiles do, for they think they'll be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. In other words, make sure it's a real conversation with God. So in a real conversation, you come humbly, you come, you come with a spirit of trust and, and you come with a spirit of knowing how much he loves you and you come with a spirit of, of being respectful in the way that you ask, right? Right, so we're, we're not to be like the Hindus, you know, Cadillac, 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 Cadillac. If I say Cadillac enough, then I'll get a Cadillac, okay? That's just silly. You don't treat God that way. You don't treat people that way, right? When you come to your dad, when you come to your mom, when you come, you, when you come to somebody you respect, and you have a request, you, you make your request. God says, make, make your request to me, coming as a father, coming as your king, okay? But pray without ceasing has no limits. Now, how, how do we do this? Well, first of all, a couple hints here. Number one, don't divorce the verse from the context, okay? So in other words, the context that we've been looking at, I know we've been taking really, you know, last week was rejoice always, today's pray without ceasing, but these actually go together, okay? So think about their commonality, rejoice always. Always pray without ceasing, okay? Next week, the next verse, in everything, give thanks to God the Father. Always, let's see, I don't have that one memorized. Uh, Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God. All circumstances, right? So there's a commonality, all right? But I want you to back up a little further. Verse 15, okay? How do we pray without ceasing? Well, first of all, we obey these other verses, okay? So obey verse 15. What's verse 15 say? See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone, all right? Now, if you're going to obey that verse, what's that going to look like in your life, okay? So someone does something terrible to you, nasty to you, horrible to you, hurtful to you, okay? And you're going to obey that verse. You're not going to repay evil for evil, and you're going to seek to do good to everyone, to, to, to one another and to everyone, all right, if you're gonna obey that verse, what's gonna happen? You're gonna have to, in your heart, you're gonna have to say, okay, God, vengeance is yours. You will repay. God, I, I will not repay evil for evil. God, this is yours. I can trust you. I trust you to take care of me. I trust you to take care of this situation. Lord, I, I trust you, right? And then you're done, right? You're done for seven minutes, maybe, right? Right? Isn't that, the way our, isn't that the way we work? Okay? You're done for a few minutes, maybe 20, maybe an hour, I don't know. But then what happens? The bitterness comes back, and what do you do? You pray it again. And it comes back, and you pray it again. And if you're like me, at some point, you, you, you condense your prayers. Man, as I've walked through hard things and hurtful things and unforgiveness, I find myself all day long, just, just every time the feeling comes, every time the memory comes, I, I just come back to God. God, I can trust you. God, you'll take care of this. Vengeance is yours. Father, I trust you. Father, you'll take care of me. You know, it's just, it's just those continual prayers pray without ceasing, right? 
All right, what if you're to obey the next verse, okay? Next verse is uh, verse uh, 16, rejoice always, okay? Remember last week, what, what, is, what does rejoice always mean? Well, we live in three levels, right? That's, that's kind of the way that the metaphor I use. We live in this top level of I feel good, I feel bad, I got a headache, I got a stomach ache, um, my money's good, my money's bad, oil fills down, my job's locked, right? Top level, top level ebbs and flows, not consistent. Middle level, more consistent, right? Things like the things I use were... My health for most of my life has been pretty good. Um, I've had parents that have been married their entire life. They've had a stable, stable foundation for me and my brothers. I have a stable marriage. I mean, I've been married almost 29 years, right? There's, there's lots of stuff in that middle level. I've got freedom. I live in a country where I'm not persecuted. Uh, I've, I've, never been, I've never been on starvation. I've never uh, uh, been exposed. I've never been homeless. So like there's a middle level that's good there, right? But none of those things will bring constant joy. If you're going to rejoice always, what do you got to do? You got to drill down into that bottom, that bedrock layer. What's down there? Things like you, if you're a believer, you are joined to Jesus Christ. One with himself, I cannot die. You are forgiven. You're redeemed. You're adopted. You're a son. You're beloved by God. He's given you his mercy. He's got a new heavens and a new earth that are on the horizon. You can see him coming. And you got to drill down and tap into that. And then what do you do? What do you do once you tap in? You got to express it in some way, don't you? You know what that's called? Praise. Open your psalm book. You see them doing it again and again and again. They'll drill down. God, you are faithful. I praise you, right? All right, so if you're going to rejoice always, what I'm telling you is you're going to pray without ceasing. You cannot rejoice always and not pray without ceasing because where's your joy going to go? It's got to go somewhere. You're celebrating. You're praising. Pray without ceasing. All right. We haven't looked at this yet, but look at the next verse. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. All right. If you're going to give thanks always. So the time you get up in the morning, if you're going to obey that verse, you're going to give thanks always for everything in all circumstances. You get up in the morning, God, thank you. Thank you for a new day. This is the day that you made. Lord, I rejoice in it. God, I thank you that my family is safe today. God, I thank you that you provided for us. I thank you that I get breakfast. I thank you for my salvation. I thank you for the joy that you give me. I thank you for the job that I get to go to. If you're going to do that, what are you doing? What was I just doing there? I was praying without ceasing, right? So what I'm telling you is if you take your hurts to God over and over and you take your joy to God over and over and you take your gratitude to God over and over, what, what, what are you doing? You're praying without ceasing, okay? A couple other things, though, that we need to remember, okay? A couple other things that are going to make a big difference in this. In other words, so you have that background music that's going on, okay, all the time, rejoicing, uh, thankfulness, okay? But here's the deal. You will not pray without ceasing unless... You have a keen sense of your own dependence upon God. All right, this, this is where the rubber meets the road, guys. Um, a lot of times when people think about their prayer life, okay, whenever you hear a sermon on prayer and you're like, okay, I got to do better, you, you know what people think about? They think only in terms of self-discipline, all right? What they think is, man, how many, how many sermons on prayer have you gone out of and you're like, ah, I got to get up early, Earlier, I got I got to stay up later. I got I got I got to watch less TV. I got to block off more time for God. And listen, the, most of the time that's true, okay. But here's the reality: unless you are convinced of your own dependence upon God, you will not pray without ceasing. Here's what I know about the people in our church: 
There's a lot of folks that have incredible self-discipline. I, I can't believe how many people I'm running into who have just stopped eating gluten, okay? Just, just stopped. Like, what do you guys think about my dad? He's a wheat farmer, you know? And, and they're just like, they just stop eating bread. Guys, I can't imagine it. No bread, no donut, no biscuits, no peanut butter and jelly sandwich, no hamburgers. And there's people in our church that just decide, bam, I'm done with bread. I'm like, you got self-discipline. There's folks in our church, they, they don't miss a workout. I mean, they, they are disciplined. And yet when they try to employ that same discipline with prayer, it doesn't work. Why? It's because of this principle. You will not be consistent in prayer unless you realize your own need, okay? Whenever you are prayerless, there's this pocket of unbelief in your heart that basically says, I can handle this. That's why people don't pray, guys. We don't pray because we have this mistaken notion that we'll be okay even if we don't. But I'm telling you, once you become convinced that, man, I cannot flourish without God. I cannot raise my kids without him. I cannot have a great marriage without him. I cannot flourish. I cannot get out of sin. I am dependent upon him. That's when you start really tapping into prayer. Man, listen to the Psalms. Here's a couple of my favorites. Psalm nineteen fourteen. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Psalm 119, 36 and 37. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. What's that guy saying? You hear what he's saying? He's saying, God, I can't think the right thoughts. I can't love the right things. I will not look at the right things. I will not say the right things without you. That's that's exactly what he's saying. He's saying, God, my heart is broke. You got to turn it. God, my eyes are always looking at the wrong things. I'm always loving and pursuing. You got to turn my eyes. God, the the meditation to my heart, the words of my mouth, they're wrong, God. What he's saying is I need you. I I need you for every moment of my day. That's what he's saying. Man, guys, there is nothing that will quench your prayer life more than thinking you have all the answers. Let me tell you about something that happens over and over. I have a conversation with a person, and then they tell me, man, my life's broke, my marriage broke, my family's broke, my work life's broke. I have this hard thing, this frustrating thing, and it's, it's making me so sad and so depressed, and it's so hard. Pastor, I, I, just, I just wish I could change it. And I ask him, have you prayed about it? Now, about 50% of the time, the answer is no. No, I haven't. Why? Why have you not prayed? Or if they say, well, I have in the past. Are you praying about it every day? Are you praying about it multiple times a day? No. Why not? You know why not? A lot of times it's a couple things. Number one, there's a pocket of unbelief there where they're just, they're just living their life depending on themselves. Other times it's, well, I already know the answer. The answer is she needs to straighten up. The answer is he needs to straighten up. The answer is he needs to change. She needs to change. My kid needs to change. My boss needs to change. The answer is they need to change. Hey, you know what? Even if that's the answer, number one, Number one, you don't know that it's the answer. But number two, even bigger, even if it is, you have zero power to produce change in somebody else's life. You need to pray. 
We're needy. Hey, guys, take a, take a walk through the New Testament. Who gets help in the New Testament? Who, who are the people that the power of God is poured out into in the New Testament? Let, let's walk through, okay? Let's give some examples. All right, two guys enter into a, 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 the church, the temple. Uh, a publican and a tax collector. Remember this story? So what's the publican do? He walks up front, raises his hands to heaven. God, thank you that I'm not like other people. Thank you that I'm so good that I obey the law. I've kept the commandments. I do this, I give, I do all this stuff. God, thank you that I'm not like that guy over there. I'm not like that guy over in there. I'm not like that guy. I, I am better than uh, these other people that, that are bad. Thank you, Lord, that I'm good. Guy over in the corner. He won't even look up. He just pounds his chest and he says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Let me ask you, who gets help? You remember the story? Who gets help? Who gets help? The, 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 public, the, the sinner, right? Here's another story for you. How about this one? Rich young ruler, blind Bartimaeus. Who gets help? Rich young ruler, blind Bartimaeus. Do you remember the story about blind or rich young ruler? Here he is. He's a guy and he comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, what, what can I do to inherit eternal life? Now, do you remember what Jesus said? He said, obey the commands. Obey the commands. Y'all just pray for Lynn. She wants us to keep going. Uh, She has seizures sometimes. Y'all pray for her while we're going here. All right, rich young ruler. He says, you got to obey the commands. And what what is is Jesus, how does the rich young ruler respond? He says, I have. I've obeyed obeyed them all. I've I've done them all. I've, I've obeyed all the commands. Now, is that true? That is absolutely not true. But he thinks he's got it all together, okay? Let me tell you about blind Bartimaeus. What, you ever heard of the story of blind Bartimaeus? He's a beggar. He's in the ditch alongside the road as Jesus is passing by. And he hears that Jesus is passing by. And he says one thing over and over again. What does he say? Son of David, Jesus, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Rich young ruler, who gets, who gets help? Rich young ruler, blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus. Okay, how about this one? Simon the Pharisee or the soiled woman washing Jesus' feet? Who gets help? If you remember Simon the Pharisee, he invites Jesus into his home. And uh, it's a great meal. They're, they're all decked out in a, in, a, in a big banquet there. And all of a sudden, there's this woman that comes in. And she's from the other side of the tracks. She, she's known to be an immoral woman. She's known to be a woman that, that, that has done some bad things. And immediately when that woman walks in, she starts weeping. And she comes over to Jesus, and she kneels down at his feet, and her tears are falling on Jesus' feet. And she takes her hair, and she begins to wipe Jesus' feet with her hair. And she won't even look up. You remember how the story ends? Who gets help? Simon, the Pharisee, the law abider, the one that invited Jesus over, or the woman? The woman. Okay, now you can go story after story after story in their Bible. Who gets help? It's those who are in need, guys. It's those who are in need are the ones who get help. And so I would just ask you this this morning. Do you feel that you need him? Do you you feel this deep sense of, God, I need you. Lord, I cannot flourish. I can't live my life. I can't be successful. I can't do what you're calling me to do without you. I need you. All right, once you have that, Okay, again, how do you pray without ceasing? You need a strategy, okay? You need a strategy. So how do you pray without ceasing? 
You need a strategy. Here's my hope. I was praying this last night and this morning. I was just praying, God, I know there's going to be people in each service. And Lord, if you would just capture a few of them and just that they would say this in their hearts, that they would say, look, if I do one thing in the rest of my life, it's going to be this. Okay, I'm not saying I'm only going to do one thing. I'm just saying, like, if, I, if I'm going to accomplish one thing, in other words, whatever may come, I'm going to do this, all right? I, I'm going to do this. And if that's you this morning, if you're one of those people that you say, you know what, I, I, want, to know how to, I want to know how to pray without ceasing, then I want to give you some help, okay? So here, here's some practical help. Here's a practical strategy of how, how to help, Okay. This is a good time where we can just stop and pray for Lynn. Um, so you get ready to write these down. These are going to be good. Uh, let, me, let me pray for Lynn. Father, we just ask that you would, um, God, just uh, bring healing to Lynn. We ask, Father, that you bring a calmness, that you bring a peace. Father, we're asking you to reach down from heaven and give mercy. And, uh, Father, we pray that you'd calm her seizure. And, Father, we ask that you would um, just bring her to a state of rest. Father, we we know that you have authority over all. God, that you are, are the reigning and ruling king of the universe. And so, Father, we're asking you to, to minister here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, are you ready for a strategy? So if you're serious about praying without ceasing, I, I, I would recommend these things to you, okay? So number one, you'll never be really successful praying without ceasing unless you also block off some times to just be with the Lord, okay? So in other words, you might, you might take by this sermon that, hey, I don't need to have a morning prayer time. I don't need to have an evening prayer time anymore. I, I, just, I just need to pray all day long, just little bitty prayers. Hey, you will never, first of all, that's not, that's not all you need. But second of all, you won't be successful with that unless you learn to block off larger times during your day to be with the Lord. Okay? You need to have times where you're undistracted. You need to have times where you can just sit before the Lord with a list and with scripture and you can just commune and fellowship and hear from him. You need times where you block out everything else, right? I mean, there, there's absolutely a time for on the way walking to Walmart, walking into Walmart, coming into church, going out of church, that you're voicing prayer to God. But you know what? You also need time where you're just sitting before the Lord, calling out to him. Okay? So if you, want to, if you want to know how to pray without ceasing, if you want to be successful with that, you've got to first block off some time that you can spend just with the Lord. Okay? Number two, you need to learn to pray the Scripture. All right? This is at the very heart. Okay, Guys, if I could just pick one thing that I would say, this will help you in your prayer life more than anything else. It is learning to pray the scriptures, all right? Jesus taught us how to pray, and actually the Bible is your prayer book, all right? So think about the Lord's Prayer, all right? So how does the Lord's Prayer begin? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. What, what is he telling us to do right away there? He's telling us to, to honor the name of God, to, to speak of, of his goodness and his mercy and his power and his love, all right? You, you need to learn to praise, all right? If, if your prayers never include praise, you're deficient in your praying. Like, it is good for your soul to, to recount who God is and what God has done. God, you are merciful. God, you're steadfast in your love. God, you're powerful. You're mighty. Okay, you're, you're praising him. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, all right? So this, this is learning to pray, asking that God would reign. 
okay? That God would reign as king in your heart, and then he would reign as king in other people's heart. So as I'm praying this, I'm praying things like, God, please, be the Lord of my life. God, please give me victory over this sin. Give me victory over this sin. Give me victory over this sin. God, I pray for my brother Fred that you would reign in his heart. God, I pray that you would give him joy. Why am I praying for for joy for Fred? Because I'm asking for the kingdom to come and for God's will to be done. What's God's will for Fred? That he'd be joyful in the Lord. How do I know that? It's in the scriptures. You see what I'm saying? Like you, you begin to pray, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. What are we praying? We're saying, God, I need, here are my needs. God, I, I need your help with my family. God, I need your help in this conflict. God, I need your help with food. I need your help with my electric bill. Learning to pray your needs. Um, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Man, you need to have times where you are, are taking your debts to the Lord. God, I've sinned against you in this way. Lord, I'm bringing my sin to the cross. I'm confessing it. I'm asking that you give me victory over it. And then as you pray, you know what you're doing? You're remembering people that sinned against you. And you're saying, God, please forgive that person. Please bring their sin to the cross, all right? And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. You're asking God to help you not to sin. God, I'm going into this situation. I'm going into this, this relationship. God, please help me not to sin. Um, we don't really have time. I, the only t- time I had time for this was the first service. But in Colossians 1 and Colossians 3, um, I wanted to give you just an example of praying the word. So Colossians 1, 9 through 14 is this incredible prayer of the Apostle Paul. And, and you can take a prayer like that and you can just, you can just pray it for yourself. So in Colossians 1, just, I'm just going to skip through it real quick. He says that, you know, that you'd be filled with the knowledge of God, the knowledge of his will, spiritual wisdom and understanding, that you'd be fruitful, that you'd be persevering, that you'd have strength to endure, all those things. Go over to Colossians 3. This is the book right before 1 Thessalonians, by the way. But in Colossians 3, you have an entire chapter of commands, all right? Guys, you can pray these. You can pray these. You should pray these. So chapter 3, verse 1, talks about lifting your eyes to things above. All right, you, you, should, you should pray, God, help me to think eternally and not just of what's right in front of me. Beginning in verse five, there's a whole bunch of sins that you're supposed to be putting off from your life. You should pray those. Look at that. You, you, can, just, you can go right through this list. God, please keep me from sexual morality. Keep me from impure thoughts. God, keep me from passion and evil desire. Keep me from covetousness. Keep me from idolatry. Like you can just pray it. If you, if you skip down to verse uh, 12, he talks about things you ought to put into your life. It says, God, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, God, you can just pray these things. God, get, make me holy. God, make me compassionate. God, as I see people in need, Father, show me how to be compassionate. Show me how to love them. God, give me a heart that's kind. God, give me a heart that's humility. God, forgive me for my pride. God, help me not to think of myself, but to think of others. God, give me meekness. God, give me patience. I'm telling you, Colossians 3, that's like six hours of prayer. Huh. If, you, if you've ever like sat down to pray and you don't know what to pray, Man, the Bible is full of his will for you. Ask these things, okay? So learn to have times, undistracted times of prayer. Number two, learn to pray the scripture, okay? Learn to pray the scripture for your family. I know this can be hard for you guys to believe, but there are some wives that wish that their husbands were different, And there are some husbands that wish their wives were different, okay? And sometimes it's petty stuff that they need to get over. Other times it's sin 
and they really wish that their, their husband, their wife could get out of sin. All right, now, here's what I'm telling you. If you're in that situation today, I want you to do something about it, okay? I just don't want you to do what you normally do. What do you normally do? Well, you nag and sulk and criticize and get angry and bitter and feel sorry for yourself and pull away in coldness. I don't want you to do any of those things. You know what I want you to do? I want you to strategize in prayer. Like if if your husband has a sinful stronghold in his life, if your wife has a sinful stronghold, if your children have a sinful stronghold, and, and I mean, there's times that you have to speak, obviously, but listen, more times than not, you need to pray. So number one, blocks of time to pray. Number two, pray the scripture. Number three, learn to efficiently pray about the details of your day. All right, you want to hear the winning quote of the day? Here it is from Charles Spurgeon. I always feel it well to put a few words of prayer between everything I do. I always feel it well to put a few words of prayer between everything I do. In other words, so you're doing this, okay, and you finish that up, and before you do something else, just in that transition time, so you were doing the dishes, you got the dishes done, now you're going to go uh, vacuum the floor. Before you go vacuum the floor, you, you, you just voice a prayer. Or maybe I'm counseling somebody. This is the way my life works. Maybe I'm studying my sermon, and then, oh, I got a counseling coming in. Before they come in the door, you know what I do? God, please help me. Please help me to give wisdom. God, please show show this person Jesus. Before I go into the hospital room, I I don't think I've ever walked into a hospital room where I didn't, as I'm going, usually it's in the elevator. I'm like, okay, God, I'm not sure what I'm going to find here, but God, I want to be useful to you. Would you please, right? So learn, okay, we're talking about how do you pray without ceasing? Learn to immediately respond to the details of your day with prayer. So, so learn to, to bring all of those things to God in prayer as they arise. Um, learn to, whenever you have an opportunity, whenever, whenever you have a conversation, learn to voice those prayers. We see it in the Bible. Um, Nehemiah is one of the greatest examples of it. And Nehemiah, he, uh, he get, finally gets his chance to talk to the king. And, and the king says, Nehemiah, what would you like? And before Nehemiah presents his request, he voices a prayer to God and just says, God, please give me favor in this request. All right? Here's another real practical thing. When someone gives you a prayer request, stop and pray about it. Uh, just right then. How, how many times has someone given you a prayer request and you're like, Man, I am going to pray for you. And, and you really mean that in your heart. You're going to pray. You're going to pray for them. But how many times do you forget, right? I mean, life gets really busy. You, you know what the best thing to do is? Stop right then and pray. You know what else that does? It has a bunch of good benefits. Number one, you get to pray with somebody. Uh, number two, if they had an impure motive in bringing that request to you, you just helped it a bunch, Right? Like whenever, whenever you're like, hey, let's just pray about that. First of all, it's going to keep them, if they have impure motives, from bringing gossip to you. But second of all, they may not have really meant it as gossip, but it may stir their heart to be different toward what they're talking about. Number four, memorize seasonally significant scriptures. All right? We all have seasons of life, don't we? You know what? When your kids are really little, I think you ought to have some verses that you pray all the time, right? Like, like verses that are meaningful. When you're getting up all night and you're changing diapers, there's probably some verses in the scripture that really, they capture your, your heart 
okay? As your kids get bigger and they're teenagers, I think you ought to have some different verses, right? Some different verses that you begin to pray. You know, when you're at this point in your career, when you're in retirement, or when you're a grandparent, you you ought to have verses that are like, all right, these are the things that are heavy on my heart of what God's will. You ought to have those verses and you ought to have them memorized. And you ought to begin to pray them fervently, okay? Final thing, final kind of strategy tip, turn your radar on, okay? Turn your radar on. Um, Honestly, I did not learn this well until I started going on a lot of mission trips where you don't have ready access to people. In other words, there are places and countries in the world where you can't just put up a sign and say, revival, come on, you know? You can't do it. And so, so you're forced to kind of minister in other ways. And, and that's really where I learned to have my radar on as I, as I go about my day. All right, so let me give you some examples. Many of you, you, all of you probably, you drive from point A to point B, right? When you're driving, a lot of you are by yourself. Sometimes you're with your kids or your family or whoever, your husband, your wife. That really doesn't matter, but a lot of times you're by yourself. So what do you see and what does God want with what you see? All right, those are the way I think about this. So I'm driving past a school. What do I see? I see a school. What does God want with children? Just real quick, you're driving by. Come on, what does he want? Well, he wants them to come to Christ, right? He wants little boys and little girls to know who Jesus is. What does God want with teachers? Well, he, he wants them to, to teach truth and to nurture those kids. What does he want with administration, right? You're just praying, right? You're driving, you turn on Main Street. You're driving by the courthouse. What does God want with our courthouse? He wants justice there, right? You, you drive by the jail. What's God want in the jail? He, he wants broken people's lives to be changed. Like, how, how, what else are you doing? Listen to Sweet Home Alabama, I know, but you can, you can do that and still pray, right? You can, you can, you can do it and still pray. Like, again, your mind's a pretty magnificent machine. You can do more than one thing at once. You're, you're pulling in the Walmart parking lot and you see your friend. What do you do? Like, why not seize the next five seconds to say, Father, I thank you for Shelby. Lord, I thank you that I got to see him today. And God, I pray that you help him to care well for Sue. And I pray that you would just provide for his family. And I pray that you'd draw him near to yourself. Urge, put him in park, get out of the car. Like, like it's a way that we learn to, to, to pray all day long. Whatever we see, we ask. God, what do you want here? How can I ask from you? Guys, I want to leave you with just, I'm blown away by the incredible reality that you and I get to come before the throne of God and we get to ask the king of the universe for our needs. Do you realize that that came at a price? Listen to what the writer of Hebrews says. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 says this. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence, see, we can, we can pray with confidence, to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, since we have a great high priest over the house of God. Do you see what he's saying there? He, he's saying, Jesus made a way for you to be able to come to God through, through his blood, through his broken body, through his high priestly ministry to you, Jesus made a way that you can come as much as you want. You can come and be heard. Man, what a privilege. Let's, let's use it. God, I just ask you, Father, to, 
just enable us today to leave here just intent upon praying without ceasing. Father, I pray that there'd be some here that they're praying right now. God, even as I'm praying, they're praying. And God, as we sing in just a minute, I pray that as we voice our praise to you and our our, our love for you, God, that there'd be many people just in this auditorium that would be voicing prayers. And God, as we're walking out of this building here in just a minute, God, I pray that there'd be folks that as they walk out, Lord, they're just in their mind and in their heart. They're praying for their brothers and their sisters. They're, they're praying for their family. God, as we get in our cars and have a little quiet, uh, as we leave the parking lot, I pray that there'd be prayers that'd be voiced either audibly or, or just even in our own spirit. God, I pray that, God, that this would never stop, that we would be a people that are constantly in your presence, constantly seeking you. Father, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.